Thank you for your presence. The Bible tells us that if we say we love God, whom we have not seen, but hate our brother whom we see every day, the truth is not in us. And if the God's truth in its entirety is not in us, we are not genuinely saved. We can have Christian symbols on our cars, wear Christian symbols, quote scripture, pray eloquently, and sing hymns and spiritual songs. But if we are not continuously living and applying God's word in our lives, we are not genuinely saved. Listen with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander teaches us today. Another deception is that man is inherently good and therefore does not need uh, salvation. Beloved, nothing can be further from the truth. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Romans 3, 10 through 11 says, There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understand. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good. No, not one. If you case you think you that one, no, not one. No, no, no. That includes you and me. No. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We are depraved. We, we, we're born estranged from God. We were born spiritually dead without the life of God in the soul. Until we get saved and born again, only then can we rejoice in the God of our salvation. Number nine, another life from Satan is that you can be saved apart from Christ. That's dangerous. You can be saved apart from Christ. In other words, you can be saved without Christ. Many believe that Jesus being the only way to heaven is too narrow-minded and bigoted. That's right. People think that. You say, you got to be kidding. You narrow-minded saint. I've been told that before. That's a compliment, and I tell them, thank you. That, that's the goal, is to be narrow-minded and not to be broad-minded. I don't want to be all over the place. John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Acts 4, 12 also says, there is salvation in no one else. No one else for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Without Christ, you can do nothing. Without Christ, there is no salvation. He is salvation. Matter of fact, the embodiment of his name is salvation. Jesus means Jehovah saves. Number 10, many falsely believe they are saved because they've had an emotional experience. They've had an emotional experience. But 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and 4, and many other passages. For I deliver to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. This and other scriptures we must believe. You will doubt your salvation if you believe you must have some extreme emotional experience before coming to Christ. Beloved, you can be emotional and be as lost as you can be. Believing and living out the scriptures validates your salvation. Believing and living out the scriptures validates your salvation. You got folk falling all out on the floor, they're foaming at the mouth, speaking in tongues all over the place, and they can walk out here and cuss you out. What did they just have? The devil is emotional. He screams. Many times when God delivered those demons out of folk, they came out screaming. The de- you can't, I'm going to tell you something, you can't out shout the devil. And so, so I'm not saying when you come to Christ, you won't be emotional at all. 
But I'm saying that you cannot define your salvation based on your emotions. You cannot trust your emotions, but you can trust the authoritative word of the living God. So, so sometimes people walk up and say, I don't believe I'm saved. I said, why, why, why do you not feel you're saved? I don't feel saved. Well, it's not based on feelings. It's based on the reality and the authoritative word of God. And whatever God says is settled. Number 11, another lie from Satan is that one can live an habitual sinful lifestyle. Listen, that one can live an habitual sinful lifestyle and still be saved. In other words, you can be a gay Christian, gay pastor. You can be a Christian drunkard, a Christian adulterer. Many false churches, apostate churches, are out there like this. You can be a Christian porn lover, a Christian who lives in cohabitation, won't get married, sleeping all over the place, having babies and children, no commitment, no ring, no marriage, no ceremony. A, a Christian, look how quiet it's getting in here. A Christian drug addict, no such thing. A Christian slanderer, slandering folk name. A Christian gossiper. Uh, and you think you do all this and still think you're going to heaven? You are deceived. You are deceived. Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, we, uh, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? Verse 23, And then I would declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Number 12. This is last in the list. These are misconceptions. There are many more, but just not to wear you out. These are some of the primary ones because Satan is duping people all over the world with these misconceptions and lies. Number 12. There are many who say they are Christians but have no fruit, endurance, commitment, or persecution in their lives to give evidence of their salvation. They say they're Christians, but they have no fruit. They've quit the ministry. They've left the church. Don't even think about the church. They're just as comfortable as they can be away from the church. No commitment. They're not suffering any persecution for the cause of Christ. Nothing gives evidence of their salvation because they don't have evidence. John 15, a says, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. What's on your fruit tree? You will be my disciple. You, you give evidence that you're the disciples of Christ when you bear much fruit. Second Timothy 3.12 says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. First John 2.19 also says, They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been with us, they would have no doubt continued with us, but they went out that it may be made manifest, revealed that they were not of us at all. You, you say, well, where is Joe? Where is Tom? Where is Sue? Where is Shirley? Where is whoever? I better stop calling the name because I may call somebody's name that's not here. <laughs> I'm just saying something that's come to my head, but you know, and they're gone and, and they're good and gone. Don't care. Let, they, 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 they're, not in, they're not in another ministry. 
They're, they're not connected anywhere, and they just as content and satisfied being at home playing with Lassie and uh, Felix the cat, you know? <laughs> but that scripture is most powerful. They went out from us, from the church, from the assembly of believers. They went out. Why? They went out, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have no doubt continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. They were not saved to begin with. That's why they left and never came back and never connected with no other church and not doing anything as it relates to the kingdom. Let me transition and then we'll be done. How do I know without a doubt that I'm genuinely saved? How do I know without a doubt that I'm genuinely saved? We know we are genuinely saved when we love our fellow believers in Christ. We know we're genuinely saved when we love our fellow believers in Christ. 1 John 2, 9 through 11 says, He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness till now. He who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. He who says he is in the light but lives a habitual lifestyle of hate is in darkness and does not know where he's going because spiritual darkness has blinded his eyes. Our love for the brethren validates our salvation. Our love for our brothers and sisters in Christ validates our salvation. When John uses the word brother, he's referring to our fellow believers in Christ. Hate is a sinful condition of the heart that is despised by God and is incompatible with the Christian life. Allow me to say that again. Hate is a sinful condition of the heart that is despised by God and is incompatible with the Christian life because 1 John 2, 9 and 11 says, he who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness till now, but he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. He's lost. Why does John speak so strongly against hate? Why does John speak so strongly against hate? Number one, hate in the heart indicates that one does not have eternal life abiding in him through Jesus Christ. Hate in the heart indicates that one does not have eternal life abiding in him through Jesus Christ. The apostle John speaks so strongly against hate until it is tantamount to murder. 1 John 3.15 says, whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Beloved, we cannot have fellowship with one another unless we first have fellowship with Christ. John uses very strong language here. He is saying in this verse, if you hate anyone, you are a murderer. If you hate anyone, you are a murderer. If you hate anyone, you are a murderer and you do not have eternal life abiding in you, which means you are lost. Maranatha's annual math and science camp for third to 12th graders will be held on Saturday, July 31st from 8 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. This year's focus is careers. Join us for fun, hands-on learning demonstrations, work vehicle parade, and prizes, all for $5 per person. Register on Maranatha's Facebook page. Secondly, hate becomes an internal stumbling block or obstacle within you and even destroy, it will even destroy your relationship. 
Hate destroys your relationship with your family. It destroys your relationship with friends and coworkers and other believers in Christ. It hinders your spiritual growth. Hate hinders your prayer life. God can't not hear your prayers with hate all over your life. Hate weakens your testimony for Christ. Hate will also move you to cause others to stumble, which is a serious offense against Almighty God. 1 John 2.10 says, He who loves his brother abides in light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. Thirdly, hate makes you bitter. I've never seen so many bitter people, particularly saints. Hate makes you resentful and angry and puts you in a self-made prison where you are held captive by your hate. Hate holds you hostage, and the person you hate goes on with their life without knowledge of your hatred of them. Number four, hate steals your joy, consumes and depletes your energy. You have stewardship of energy. You only have so much energy to use. You don't have eternal energy on this side. And hate saps up your energy. It brings on physical illness, brings on ulcers and headaches and fatigue and stress and loss of sleep and depression. It also hinders the healing process spiritually and physically. Number five, hate will keep you from fulfilling God's plan, purpose, and potential for your life. Hate will keep you from fulfilling God's plan, purpose, and potential. God has a plan for your life, but it will not be fulfilled if your heart is engulfed in hate. The plan of God will not be fulfilled if you have hate in your heart. You will not fulfill God's purpose for you. Hate will keep you from fulfilling God's purpose as well as the potential you have for Christ. You will never reach your God-given potential because of hate. This is why it is so urgent that you forgive and let go. Number six, listen to this closely. Parents, the spirit of hate can be transmitted to your children, resulting in them being bitter, your children being angry, and causing them to struggle in cultivating relationships with others. When they see your hate, you transmit this hate down to them, and you know what you do? You steal the joy out of their childhood. You make your children miserable, and they grow up miserable. You contribute to their demise and suicide and depression. They caught the spirit of your hate, your negative talk, your language that was unbecoming. You, you didn't edify. You put down, you tear down, you're cussing down. You're mean, you're angry, you're, you're bitter. You're beside yourself. You can't let go. And children catch this. And your grandchildren catch this. It becomes a habitual cycle. And your children struggle with hate in their 20s, 30s, and 40s, but they caught it way back in, in their childhood from the parents. From the parents. That's why you need to repent and let go. Repent and let go. How do you get healed of your hate? Four points and we'll be done. How do you get healed of your hate? Because by social media, by television, by in person and wherever else, there are many who need to be delivered from hate. Number one, how do you get healed? Search your heart and ask the Lord to sift out of you racism, classism, stereotyping, 
are having a judgmental spirit because they lead to hate. Search your heart and ask the Lord to sift out any racism, classism, stereotyping, or having a judgmental spirit because they lead to hate. Also, if you have any, any, just a tinge or trace of any of these in your heart, confront and deal with it so that you can experience freedom in Christ. I praise God that this, this church is becoming more and more of a multicultural church because this is what it's going to be like when we get to heaven. It's not going to be all blacks in heaven, all whites in heaven, all browns or Asian. It's going to be every tribe and tongue and nation from all over. You got a problem with being with multicultural in a multicultural setting where you don't want to go to heaven. By the way, if you go to hell, that's a whole lot of mixed folk down there too. You see? I mean... I don't understand it. I just don't understand how we are made in the image of God. And I'm so glad God didn't make us all one color. That'd be boring. I'm glad our eyes look different. I'm glad we are, our makeup is different. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that there's diversity in how he did that. that, that God is just, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. It is, it's absolutely sick for you to judge somebody just because they're not the color you are. That's beyond stupidity. Oh, by the way, thank you, Holy Spirit. You got a problem with, with uh, the other race, white people, or black people, or whoever you have, that's okay. Your children mingling with them, and they're going to come home, and they're going to bring you somebody that's probably another race. What you going to do then? What you going to do then? Aha! I'm gonna, if they both Christians and they follow Jesus, I'm going to marry them. Come on up here and let me marry you. For better or worse, sickness and in health, so help me God, show me the ring. I pronounce you husband and wife. I don't care about the color. You got people of the same race can't even get together. Won't y'all say amen? I'm not shucking and jiving up here. Y'all need to let go of that hellish mess. That's what it is. Hellish, 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 hellish. Right from the pits of hell. And God is tired of it. How do you get healed of hate? Number two, confess your hate. Repent. Renounce. And surrender your hate to Jesus. Confess your hate. Repent. Renounce and surrender your hate to Jesus. That's how you get rid of it. That's the prescription. That's the spiritual prescription. Number three, refuse to allow the news media. That's a propaganda machine if I ever seen it. That's the problem right there. Y'all live in the news and you let it warp your mind and you be even looking at your wife and husband funny. The news media is not your friend. Refuse to allow the news media, politicians, celebrities, circumstances, injustices, and others in your life to shape or mold your thinking to the point that you begin to think that everyone you encounter in your life is a racist. Did you hear that? Refuse to allow the news media, politicians, celebrities, circumstances. Don't let me put that narrative on you. Refuse to allow the injustices and, 
and others in your life to shape your thinking, to mold your thinking to the point that you yourself begin to think that everyone who comes into your life is a racist. Satan has done a job on you and I feel so bad for you. I feel so bad. I ache for you. Finally, but not the least, until you are willing to forgive those who have hurt you deeply, you will not be healed of the hate in your heart. Again, I reiterate, until you are willing to forgive those who have hurt you deeply, you will not be healed of the hate in your heart. Beloved, you have absolutely nothing to gain from hate, but you do have everything to lose. So why are some of you so persistent in hating others? By radio, television, social media, and right here in person, and those who are worshiping live streaming at home. Beloved, if your heart is filled with hate and racism, do you realize that you are living in spiritual darkness and you are not ready to die? You must ask the Lord to remove the hate so that you can experience freedom in Christ because life is too short to be filled with hate. You never look more like Christ than when you love those who hurt you deeply. Allow me to say it again. You never look more like Christ than when you love those who have hurt you deeply. Luke 23, 34 says, then Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. You tell, you say, do you see, do you see what they did over in California? Did you see what happened in Minnesota? Do you see what happened in, in, Carol, in the Carolinas? Do you see what happened here? Do you uh, happen there? Listen, I'm a, let me tell you something. You think you sin injustice? I got some news for you. Jesus went through the greatest injustice in human history. He came to his own, his own did not receive him. I mean, the religious leaders uh, plotted against him. They spat upon him. He had death threats. They spit on him. They did all kinds of things to him. And then they tried him unjustly in kangaroo courts. And then they took, they put him, laid him out. And they put, they nailed, you talking about, you talking about the Floyd case, but look what they did there. They nailed his hands. Boom. Perfect. Without sin. Never done a wrong. Never said a wrong word. He was God in human flesh. Nailed the other hand. Boom. Boom. Nailed his feet. Boom. Pierced his side. Blood and water came. Then put a crown. There was a little bit, little bit of thorns. I've been over there. I've seen that the thorns. You ever seen thorns? I'm not talking about little robe, rose bush thorns. These were real thorns. And they put the crown of thorns. They platted it in mockery of his kingship, and gushed it in his head. And blood came streaming all down his face. And he died. And he paid it all. You talking about injustice? Whose injustice surpasses the injustice of Christ? You're right, nobody. So we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. But it didn't stop there. 
Dark Friday became Salvation's Friday. God Almighty, God, God, that Dark Friday became Salvation's Friday. Because when he said, it is finished to tell a story, he was in control of his own death, you know. He, he gave up the ghost. And he died. And he stayed there the rest of that night Friday. Stayed there all day Saturday. But my Bible tells me early. Anybody know about early? Early Sunday morning. Early before the cock crowed. Early before the dew fell on the roses. My Jesus. My Savior. My rock. My anchor. My hope. My joy. My redeemer. My deliverer got up out of the grave with all power in his hand. I don't serve a dead savior. He's alive. He's real. And he walks with me. He talks with me. He's a risen savior. I'm glad he paid it all. You're talking about injustice. Jesus took on the epitome of injustice for your sin, my sin, and for humanity's sins. May our Lord give us a spiritual perspective on life injustices so we won't find ourselves twisted and turned in knots and forget that this is our Father's world. He's in control He's working it out, even when we don't understand. And all God's children say it. Amen. Can you say hallelujah? Can you say hallelujah? Can you say amen? The Bible tells us that there is no assurance of salvation apart from obedience to God's word. For his word alone gives us that assurance. We must trust in the Lord with all our hearts and acknowledge Him in all our ways. Only then can we say we are genuinely saved. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, direction to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.